0: Welcome to today's edition of the Rush 24-7 Podcast. Hey folks, how's everybody? I'm great, and I'm great to be back, and I really apologize for missing last week, but it's actually not that big a deal. I mean, it seemed like it was a big deal at the time. I didn't want to be out, but I had no choice. I had to be out. It was unexpected. It was unannounced, so I apologize for it. But I'm looking back here at, you know, a lot seems to have happened in the past week, but not really. I mean, how much can really happen when I'm not here? Especially when I'm not here to commentate on it and to analyze it. And to, I mean, if, if I don't talk about it, did it really happen? And if you go back and you look at some of these, it seems like a lot of stuff happened while I was away, but not really. I mean, when you think about it. We're pretty much where we all were a week ago. We've had some stuff happen in the midst. We had that Democrat debate. Man, oh, man. Do you know even some never-Trumpers are writing that they wish that somebody in that Democrat debate would accuse somebody else's dad of killing JFK? It was that boring. It was that dull. It was that nothing and it's a sign that whenever when, when it, it was John Podore, so whenever Trumpers start writing things like, I know he's trying to be funny, but I'm telling you, Donald Trump has changed politics in ways that all these people supposedly hate and despise. But then when they get a Democrat debate that's supposedly serious and devoted to the issues and the future of the country, they're bored. You know the civility that they claim to want, and the uh, manners and all that. They look at it now, and they're and they're bored. And this this impeachment, uh, I, I, it, it's 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 so patently absurd. There's not an impeachable offense. And I'm trying to figure out, what are the Democrats really trying to do? Is this a gambit to actually try to win the Senate? Is uh, Or or do they even know what they're doing other than placating their... No, no, I know they'd love to get rid of Trump. Don't misunderstand. But they're not even getting close to that. They're making themselves look like fools and idiots. You know, when I see the Democrats on TV, I see like, like a gray screen in front of them. They're looking colorless. They, they're they looking just miserable. Even the drive-by media trying to get happy about all this stuff can't. You know, Democrats make this big deal about behaving solemnly and prayerfully after announcing the, the articles of impeachment, walking them over there in the Capitol building with those specially made pens. You know those pens look like bullets to me? When I first saw the picture, I said, Pelosi's got a bunch of bullets from a howitzer there. And she's walking them over to the Senate chamber. And I looked closely and they were specially manufactured pens. And they are, I guess, uh, very, very solemn and very prayerful. And then after that, the Democrats were found consuming adult beverages and whooping it up and having a grand old time. And the drive-by media was worried that the Democrats were giving away the game. They expected them to be out acting prayerful. Ha! A Democrat. Prayerful. Ha! Uh, <laughs> do they... <clears throat> you pray. You pray in front of a Democrat, and they might want to put you in jail. And then how about the national championship? You know, when I saw this, this, the one thing that really ticked me off. So LSU wins the national championship, college football. And in the locker room after the game, they pass out celebratory victory cigars. The players light them up, and a cop comes in and threatens to arrest them. No smoking in the locker room. And then Odell Beckham Jr., trying to lighten things up, pats a cop on the butt, and they think about arresting Odell Beckham for aggressive behavior against a cop. I mean, there's lots of things to address. arrest Odell Beckham for. Uh, But that, but but lighting a cigar, a celebratory cigar, is worthy of of being arrested? You can't smoke in the locker room. Folks, there's so many things here that the left have just corrupted and poisoned. And it all adds up to an assault on a good time, an assault on enjoying life. When you boil it all down, it's what they seem to be upset about. Is anybody enjoying life? And particularly in ways they don't approve. And they don't enjoy life. Grab audio somebody. What is it? Number thirty-two. This is the Oprah. Uh, it was last Monday, a week ago today, on ABC's The Tamron Hall Show. And uh, whenever there's a new talk show, whenever there's a new talk show syndicated Ellen or whatever the first guest has to be the Oprah. Because that's the way you guarantee a ratings boost off the, off the bat. The next four days of the week can tank and bomb out. But if you have a great opening day, you satisfy her. So you get the Oprah out there and Tamron Hall. Anybody know who Tamron Hall is? Oh, I, OK. But I mean, do you know that on Jeopardy, they asked a bunch of people, showed Schiff's picture to a bunch of Jeopardy. and Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew who Adam Schiff. Nobody knew who Pencil Nick was on Jeopardy. Those are smart people playing that game. Everybody on Jeopardy knows who I am when they're asked about me. We have the audio sound bites the document this coming up now. Here, here's uh, Tamron Hall said you, are uh, you're, you're, uh, you're on your Oprah's 2020 Vision Your Life and Focus Tour. Did you know that Oprah was on a tour? Yeah, well, she is. The Oprah 2020 Vision, Your Life in Focus Tour, Uh, and Tamron Hall says to the Oprah, so why now? Why now is because I think the country is so torn. The country is everywhere you go. You can't be in a conversation with anybody yeah. anywhere where we're not talking about how messed up things are, how torn apart we it's are. It's the new hello. Yeah, it's a new hello. In the new hello. Can you believe? Can you believe? Yeah. Did you see? Yeah. Oh, my God. So this is the thing. You look in the stadium and you got all the states represented here, red states and blue states and purple states and no states and independents. So everywhere you go, people just say, it's so bad. Right. It's so bad. Nobody says hello. Nobody says hello. Nobody what am I telling you? They don't have a good time. They can't even have a good time seeing each other. You would think when a leftist meets Oprah, there'd be a smile. Hey, Oprah, how you don't know. The first thing out of their mouth is, you believe how bad it is? Do any of you, when greeting your friends, talk about how bad it is? You know, you say hi. What's shaking? The economy is roaring. Your kid's future looks pretty good. Unemployment rate lowest than it's ever been. 50 years. Uh, the people that are... What I consider to be traditional American values, oh, and that is, a. An- I have a thing here in the stack of stuff, and I knew this, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of frustrated I didn't make the point. It's about rich white liberals and how they raise their kids and run their families, and it's nothing like the crap that they claim to believe. They raise their kids according to conservative values. They care about getting the best education they can, but they do not admit this publicly because they would be considered traitors to the cause. They don't send their kids to Planned Parenthood. They try to keep their kids from getting pregnant. Yeah, just a bunch of total hypocrites. Well, look, I've got all this stuff. I collected all this stuff. Uh, while I was gone, it's going to take me a while to get to it all. As I do the program, my mind is working famously well, and it, say one word reminds me of something. Another word reminds me of something else. But look, here is the Oprah admitting they don't having a good time. You watch some of these award shows, these Hollywood. They haven't a good time, even when they win the awards. They're not having a good time. It's a, and and they're upset when anybody else is. Nobody says hello. Nobody says hello says, you believe how bad it is. Well, that's because you're losing and it's because you have no prayer of winning in 2020 and they all know it. And this impeachment, this is an embarrassment. This is going to be an albatross around their neck. You know, Pelosi running around. Trump will be impeached forever. He's going to be acquitted forever, too. You're going to be not guilty forever. He's going to be elected to a second term. You people are going to be sucking sand out there, doing whatever you're doing, continuing this preposterous behavior because you've got nothing else. Now, let's, let's read here. Trump's been investigated by the GOP, the Hillary campaign, Robert Mueller, the FBI with FISA warrants. Trump was spied on. The House Democrats ran their own basement investigation, and they found nothing. You cut to the chase, you get to the bottom line, a pedal hits the metal, a rubber hits the road, they've got nothing. They don't have a single crime. They don't have an impeachable offense. So now they're circling back to Russia. Pelosi's out there talking about, this is important because we've got to assert that Vladimir Putin is not running this con-. Vladimir Putin, what happened to Ukraine. Oh, Lev Parnas, Lev, the star witness for the Democrat, Lev Parnas, who Trump says, I don't even know. This guy, (laughs) the, the, the people the Democrats find to hang their latest hats on are just poor schlubs. And they're demonstrated to be after not too long a time. I mean, they're now even Pelosi, the Democrats accusing Mitch McConnell of being a secret Russian spy. I think they're in panic mode. The average person, your average American, an average anywhere American knows it was a good thing to kill. Soleimani. They know the economy is sizzling and all of their impeachment stuff has blown up in their face. Their candidates are weirdos. The Democrat candidates for president are a bunch of weirdos, boring dryballs. And no matter what happens, plugs is still leading. I don't care what anybody tells you, plugs still leading in the Democrat primary, poll after poll. Speaking of Soleimani, here's another thing. Lee Smith, we've quoted him often on this program, did yeoman's work uh, unraveling the, the deep state effort. Uh, the Papadopoulos story, planting evidence, all kinds of. stuff. He has a um, a story on this this whole the uh, Iran deal that Obama put together. He, he asserts here that the, the 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 primary objective that Obama had in the Iran deal. And by the way, pardon me for hopscotching all over the place. This is what happens the first day back, and I got all this stuff here that I want to. I want to impart that all this wisdom I want to share. And it just occurs to me as the brain synapses fire. Anyway, this is important. He was saying that the real objective that Obama had, which I've already said, which I've already told you, the real objective Obama had with the Iran nuclear deal was not to prevent them from getting a nuke, as they all say. It was to delay it, but to guarantee that they could get one. The purpose of the Iran deal, as far as the Obama administration was concerned, was to change the balance of power in the Middle East and make Iran the primary power in the Middle East, not Israel. That's what the Iran deal was supposed to do. And Trump has come along and deep-sixed it. And that's why they're... Now, why would anybody want to make Iran the leader? And the, the power in the balance of power in the Middle why in the hell would anybody want to do that? Well, it goes back, if you remember, it goes back to the entire post-World War II order that was set up uh, after the United States basically saved the world, saved uh, uh, Europe. It was decided that uh, we needed a balance to the United States. We needed a competing superpower. So hello, Soviet Union. And this was to con- this is considered to keep the world safe because u s is not the good guys. Remember, to the left, the United States is not the good guys. The United States as the leading economic power in the world, leading uh, military power in the world is is not good. Madeleine Albright teaches at Georgetown that the United States was simply an accident, the founding, just an accident at a confluence of the birth of certain people and events in the world. That there's nothing special, nothing exceptional, nothing unique. It's just an accident. And it's destabilizing for the U.S. to be so powerful. And so the objective here is to build up Iran, or was with the Iran nuclear deal, to build Iran up as a competing power to the United States. To make sure, because if you understand that as far as from Obama on down, the Clintons, the left, if you understand that they believe United States is not the good guys, then a lot of other things begin to make sense. If you don't believe that, if you don't understand that they don't... And believing the U.S. is the good guys is part of growing up an American. So it seems really foreign and strange to hear that there are powerful people in this country, mainly leftists and Democrats, who don't think that. So a lot of people reject it because it just doesn't seem... No, 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 I don't really think... This. Yes, they do. And... If you don't think the U.S. is the good guys and you think the U.S. is basically racist and bigoted and sexist and all this stuff and too powerful and imposes its way, then you'll want a competing power to stabilize things. And you put the United Nations in the middle of this to regulate it all and to help siphon power and money away from the United States. And this this. Hillary Clinton was to be the continuation of all this. Donald Trump, by being elected and following through on his agenda, has literally ripped that agenda to shreds. And there is abject anger and disappointment and panic. By the way, Tom Puff Dashel has announced that the Obama administration was a failure. We, yes, we, we have it right here on the uh, audio soundbite roster. Things coming up. Look at Trump signing the first ever trade deal with the chai As Pelosi is sitting around with her pens and her solemn march over to the Senate to present the articles of impeachment. The tariffs work. And the tariffs, by the way, are going to remain on China. And the tariffs are going to remain on Iran. They are working. Look, let me take a brief time out. We'll come back and uh, resume right after this. Again, sorry I was out last week, folks, but I'm back now. And since I'm back, this is when things begin to now matter, for real. By the way, have uh, newfound respect for Martha McSally, the senator of Arizona. Didn't know she had it in her. Uh, Details coming up if you're not aware. But here's the Jeopardy! soundbite where the contestants have no idea who Pencil Neck is. This was last Wednesday night, uh, the 15th of January. This is during the double Jeopardy! round. The current champion, Veronica, and host Alex Trebek. U.S. representatives for 12. One fifty-third of California's House delegation is this Intelligence Committee chairman. His name is Adam Schiff. Nobody knew. They could not identify. Now, stop and think about that for a minute now, folks. And here, before, while you think about it, grab soundbite number uh, number 35. Just hit that. This controversial radio host called Colin part of the stale, worn-out GOP that never won anything. Andy. Uh, who's Limbaugh? Rush Limbaugh, yes. In 2001, this radio pundit told his ditto heads that he was deaf in his left ear and only had about 20% hearing in his right. Andrew? Who is Rush Limbaugh? Correct. Fans of this radio host, Ditto Heads. Melanie? Who is Rush Limbaugh? Correct. This conservative radio talk show host dropped out of Southeast Missouri State after flunking ballroom dancing. Vera? Who is Rush Limbaugh? Yes. So there you have any number of questions over a wide variety of years. And everybody knew me. Everybody knew that I was the answer. Here's Adam Schiff, who has been the star of the drive-by media for the last two years. And a leading contestant on Jeopardy! had no idea who he is. Looking at a picture of him. What is that? It it, it tells you a number of things. You can't make too much about it, but you can make something of it. And it is that the drive-by media does not have all of that powerful influence that they think they have, uh, and they probably don't even have that sizable. and oh, We know CNN. CNN's ratings for that debacle of a debate were even lower than they have been. CNN's getting into negative territory now. With, with uh, audience levels, particularly on special event Democrat Party events. Hang on, coming right back. Don't go anywhere. Back at it, having more fun than a human being should be allowed to have. Your guiding light, America's real anchor man, doing the job that Drive By Media purports to do. Here behind the golden EIB microphone, the phone number if you want to be on the program. Snortley must be having trouble finding people. We don't have anybody up yet. That means that none of you who have called in have been deemed worth it. In appearing on the big program today, they return to service of me. Grad, this is kind of funny. This is, you remember Operation Chaos? What year was Operation Chaos? Operation, you don't, you don't remember Operation Chaos was 2008. John McCain won the Republican primaries early. By the early spring of 2008, there was no more drama left in the Republican race. But the Democrat race, eh, Hillary Clinton was still hanging in. It was looking tough, still hanging in down to the wire between her and Barack Hussein O. And Hillary was ticked off because she had been promised the nomination. But then the young, energetic, vibrant African uh, black guy came along, and they just—she's the most cheated-on woman in America, and they cast her aside again. Well, I didn't want that to happen. I thought that we need the drama to come. So we began Operation Chaos. Operation Chaos was designed— to get Republican voters who who didn't care, I mean McCain was the nominee, didn't matter, get Republican voters to re-register so they could vote in Democrat primaries and vote for Hillary in whatever states were left. And it actually it may have worked in Indiana. At any rate, the Democrats were made paranoid by it. They even did a movie about Operation Chaos called The Ides of March, George Clooney was in that movie. So they've never gotten over it. So here's a little bit from PMS NBC on Sunday. The Joy Reid program, and she's got uh, some, some, some author, Nicole Hammer, Messengers of the Right, Conservative Media and the Transformation of American Politics. And the question to Nicole Hemmer, is the conservative media trying to make the kinds of choices about the way that they're covering these Democrat nominees based on who they think Trump would be more helpful to Trump in the election? Sure. Of course, they're trying to figure out how best to sow chaos within the Democratic ranks. It is something that, you know, Rush Limbaugh has done this through several election cycles just to kind of like. He's been an utter failure at it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing, right? Operation like, it work. never works. <laughs> right. Yeah, it never works. Then why are you worried about it? Operation K: It did work. It worked so well that you people got frightened by it and made a movie in which you were paranoid about it. Anyway, so they're worried about something like that happening again, because the Democrat field is these people are nuts. It's not enough just to say that they're colorless or dull or boring, all of that's true they're just nuts. And they are clearly miles and miles and miles away from the American mainstream. Uh, it, 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 is, it is a haunting reality to people. So they're, they're worried here that uh, I and others might try to shape events in the upcoming Democrat primaries to engineer a victory by whatever Democrat we think would be the biggest doormat for Trump. And they're worried about it. Even though they claim such things have never worked. They're still talking about it and doing pieces on it. Now, I, I have always believed that the Democrats have known that... Trump was not going to be convicted in an impeachment trial in the Senate. So why do this? What's the purpose? The worst thing that can happen is for Trump to be acquitted. I mean, here they've got this three-year investment into Trump being a traitor and a Russian spy, a Russian agent, whatever else they have said he is. With all of it, they don't have an impeachable offense. They've got these two really pathetic articles of impeachment, and in order to keep the base of the Democrat Party energized and engaged, Pelosi had to go ahead and present the articles. It was she totally. She was waiting to present those articles for some bombshell event, some bombshell bit of evidence to come up. That would force the Republicans to have to investigate in the Senate. But nothing happens, so she has to present them, knowing there's going to be an acquittal. Why do this? The worst thing can happen, have all this horrible stuff said about Trump for all these years, and then at the moment of truth, a trial on all of these outrages, Trump is found not guilty or acquitted. Uh, I think... And they'll never admit this. I think the Democrats have given up on beating Trump in November. Now, you might disagree and you might think it's too soon. And you might think, no, they'll never concede those kinds of things, Rush. You, you know them and well enough to know that that's not true. I, I think we, we've heard enough of them say, if we don't impeach Trump, he's going to be reelected. Look, folks, they have their own internal polls. They, they, they know that things out there. In America are rosier and better than they have been in many people's lifetimes. there is no reason under the sun to change horses here. They know this. I, 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 I believe they never thought they would actually be able to remove Trump from office via impeachment either. And I think as I've watched these things happen the past well, weeks and days. I think, obviously, they want to dirty Trump up. They want to put an asterisk next to his name. There's some Clinton payback here as well. But this is all about the 2020 campaign, but not for the presidency. They're not going to give up on it. They don't want to be totally misunderstood. But they're, they, they know that their odds there are very long. But what if... What if they could find a bunch of Jeff Flakes in the Senate to go against Trump and then lose their re-election, and Democrats could take the Senate, hold the House, and then totally thwart whatever Trump agenda, whatever Trump judicial nominees there are? I think this, my friends, is the key. I think they hope to use this Senate trial to win control of the Senate in November, and effectively neuter Trump's second term. Now, the Democrats hope to accomplish this by forcing... There are four so-called vulnerable Republicans. Martha McSally, Joni Ernst, Tom Tillis, and Cory Gardner. Those four so-called vulnerable Republican senators... The Democrats are going to try to force them into defending Trump, thereby harming their re-election efforts. They're looking for a bunch of Jeff Flakes. But what happened to Jeff Flake? He's gone. The Democrats are seriously putting the country through all of this. Not to mention establishing this precedent that impeachment now is just a traditional political operation that can be used constantly against a president of the opposing party. All of this in order to try to defeat four Republican senators and win control of the Senate. Which is the epitome of abuse of power for personal political gain. Can you can you think of anything else? You talk about Abuse of power, this phony impeachment scenario, for personal political gain, the Democrat Party. That's what they're accusing Trump of. They are actually engaging in it. But you know what else, folks? And when you're out a whole broadcast week like I was, and when you're not, it's a different mindset when you're just consuming But you're not consuming for the purposes of commenting, discussing, whatever. There's a difference in it. And it is infuriating that we even have to talk about this impeachment. The whole thing just infuriates me that this has not been dismissed. That the Republicans cannot come up with a way to just dismiss it. That they're afraid of what the media will say or what the Democrats will say. Well, there's some witnesses that need to be. The Republicans, many of them, are still stuck in this belief that the Democrats set the agenda, the media sets the narrative, and it thus must be responded to rather than just quashed. And it just is infuriating to hear Republicans debating whether to call additional witnesses The Republicans weren't allowed to call a single witness when the Democrats and Schiff were running the little shade show in the basement room in the Capitol. Why should the Democrats be able to introduce new testimony from ludicrous, ludicrous characters who are facing prison for election meddling? hiding a million dollars from the Russians. Why in the world should the Democrats be able to introduce testimony from people like this when the Republicans aren't even allowed to call the so-called whistleblower who started this whole charade in the first place, or even Joe and Hunter Biden? And by the way, speaking of that, speaking of Joe and Hunter, up, up, we'll have to speak of the Bidens in a moment, because I just saw the programming clock. I think people have forgotten what this original Ukraine mess was about as it relates to the Bidens. And, of course, this original Ukraine mess, the thing to remember is that Ukraine got its aid, and, in fact, uh, it got more than it asked for. Uh, all the stuff that happened prior to that doesn't matter. The Democrats, the whistleblower, nobody forced anybody, Trump or anybody else, to come through with the aid. It all, it all happened. There's nothing here It's just ridiculous to have to be talking about this. But what was the original thing that Trump asked when he's talking to Lewinsky, or Zelensky, sorry? He said, among other things, that we want to find out what role Ukraine played in the 2016 election in the United States. And then he wanted Ukraine to announce and perform an investigation into the Bidens for the sleazy deal that put Joe's kid on the board of an energy company with which he's got zero experience was paying him gobs and gobs of money. Trump wanted to get to the bottom of it, wanted to find out what this was about. And the Democrats and the whistleblowers said, well, this is because Trump was trying to dig up dirt on his potential 2020 opponent. What if that's not what this is about? What if we have a corrupt country that was everybody acknowledged and recognized was corrupt as the day is long until this new president came along, Zelensky? He was a reform candidate, gets elected on the basis of cleaning the country up in a number of ways. What about the very real possibility that Joe Biden, if he was ever elected president, would be subject to profound blackmail threats from this country based on the phony, not phony, the sleazy, slimy deal that his kid got and that his brother got. The the Biden family is more corrupt than people know. If it makes sense that Trump would want to for the purpose of Trump is a he believes in America, make America great again. Find out whether or not Biden has done things that make him a blackmail target. Ukraine and Russia symbiotic relationship. If you look at it from that standpoint, come on, Rush. Trump wouldn't care about that. Who says Trump wouldn't care about? That? I think Trump would pointedly care about that. Anyway, let me get started on the on the phones. We'll start with Jill in Spokane, Washington. Great to have you on the program. Hello. Oh, hi, Rush. It's so wonderful to talk to you. Make a ditto. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Welcome back. I'm glad you're better. Uh, my question is about the upcoming trial. What, if any, positive or negative effect do you think Chief Justice Roberts would have? I Look, all this stuff needs to be answered with a you know caveats, reservations. But I don't think the chief justice. <laughs> look, I'm on the I'm on the verge of saying something here, and as I say it, I know how ridiculous. Good. So the chief justice doesn't set the rules of the trial. Mitch McConnell, the Senate sets the rules. He's just there as a timekeeper. And but but then on the other hand, the guy rewrote Obamacare to make it constitutional. Uh, not necessarily screw Republicans to make sure that he, Roberts, didn't get screwed by history by proclaiming the first big legislative effort by the first African-American president ever was unconstitutional. He didn't want that on his resume. Uh, Roberts is not a concern of mine in the, in the trial. Uh, now, I could be shown to be uh, careless in that concern as the, as the trial gets going. But at the top of it here, I understand the uh, concern because of what happened with Obamacare. And, the, and we've heard that the guy hates Trump like all establishment Washingtonians do. What's your fear? You obviously have one. What do you think he would do? Well, just what you were saying, what he'd done in the past is if there was an opening to somehow permanently, you know, keep him from serving. If, you, if you go back to the Clinton, if you go back to the Clinton impeachment trial. Sorry, can anybody tell me who the Chief Justice was? Anybody know who the Chief Justice was during the Clinton impeachment trial? Anybody know? Anybody? Probably many of you, oh, I don't know. Who was that's exactly right. That's how much of a role he played. Zip zero not. His name was William Rehnquist. And he hated it. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want any part of it. He tried to stay in the background. Didn't want just. He was a timekeeper. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't know how much of an activist, uh, Roberts is always a welcome with Trump. You never know, but uh, that's he's not at the top of my concerns of a Senate trial. A quick time. Okay, folks, the first hour is uh, well, it's over. But hang in and be tough because we'll be back here in uh, just a few minutes and resume right where we left off, wherever that was.